This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Tell me, tell me, tell me, You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Horse Bay. This is a program called The Wonderful World of Wardini Books. And as always, my pleasure to have in this studio the wonderful Lou from Wardini Books in Havelock North, and you've got your other branch. In uh, Napier, yeah. yeah. It's in two great shops to uh, go in. I've been into your shops a couple of times and uh, lovely staff. Yes, absolutely. Very yeah. helpful. We're really lucky. Yeah. yeah, it's a great team. Is that part of the job that you have to be a, a, an avid reader when oh, you yeah. get a job at your place? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we really had two stipulations. You had to be a passionate reader and be able to talk about a book. Mm. And uh, you have got to be a nice person. You've just got to be a kind person. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose yeah. it's like working in a wine shop. You have to know your wines. You've got to know your books. I think so, yeah. Because yeah. people are going to ask you questions and they're going to say, there is this new book. We don't know everything. No, of course you know, not. We're not fully informed of every single book that's coming out because there are thousands of them every month. But yeah. um, we're are, pretty good. Are there any genres of books that you don't personally read? Um, I'm not very good at the sort of historical fiction, you know, or this broad, not broad church. Mm. That was really good. What's the other one I'm thinking of? Bridgerton, that yes. kind of thing. And Downton Abbey, I'm not really remotely interested. So you delegate that to someone else, so you're going to read those ones? Uh, so, you know, but then occasionally I will make myself pick up a book mm. of that ilk, uh, just because I'm not interested in it, and see if I'm wrong. And yeah. sometimes I'm wrong. Well, sometimes go and watch the movie, and then you can just pretend that you read the book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've got three more fabulous books to look at today. Let's uh, kick it off with a, a book called To Paradise and... Look at the size of it. Look at the size of it. This is the proof copy, so it's not, but it looks very similar to that, the mm. real one that's now in the shop. So this is Hanya Yanagihara, and she is most famous for the booker shortlisted A Little Life, mm. which a lot of people said was harrowing and amazing and all the things. And because I knew its content, which we don't need to discuss now, mm. I didn't read it because I thought that sounds a bit too traumatizing yes. to me. So when this one came out, I thought, oh, good, I'll, I'll give this one a go. And it's sort of separated into three um, novellas almost, mm. although they're long enough to be novels in their own right. Mm. And we've got Washington Square in sort of Victorian, an alternate Victorian New York. Mm. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. And then we go off to Hawaii in book two to Lipo Wau Nahele, and then book three, Zone 8, which is in the future. Mm. Um, so in Washington Square, and, and the, all three books feature men called Charles, Edward, and David. Mm. But they're not connected. All right. So don't search for a connection when you're reading them, yeah. because you won't find them. But she's saying something about those colonial names, I think. Yeah. So in the first one, Washington Square, David lives with his father, and they are the Bingham family, and they are very famous, uh, moneyed, moneyed people Sounds very English, in New York. Bingham, doesn't it? Does, doesn't it? Well, it's a bit Jane Austen, isn't mm. it? From Pride and Prejudice, there was Bingham family in there. Mm. Um, and the alternative history part of it is that New York is a free state, so they have seceded from the rest of the United States, and you've got, um, after the Civil War very reactionary states still down south but then the free states are very liberal and um so arranged marriage is a thing for the nobility you know mm, the moneyed yes, people indeed but 
um, gender's not particularly bothered about. So if you need to marry off your son, you might marry him off to another man or another woman. doesn't mm. matter. So in this one, Char- uh, David's father is trying to marry him off because he's getting a bit long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's fallen for people before and he's, he seems to have some kind of nervous condition and his father's a bit concerned, you know. So they're trying to arrange a marriage for him. And he meets this older man who's quite interested in him and he's a nice guy. But then he meets accidentally someone from a very much lower class and falls head over heels and tries to conceal this from his father and it's all very complicated. Mm. So it's about his relationship with his past, with his father, and really just trying to find his paradise with Edward, this chap that he's met. Um and it, it becomes quite complicated and, it, and it's it's beautifully written and it's meandering and I liked it. And then we go over to the bit that it's the second part, which is more modern day. It's in the, mm. is it in the early 90s? So we're thinking about when the AIDS epidemic was at its height. Mm. So um, we again have David, but David is the young son of... The guy who would be the heir to the throne in Hawaii if there was still a throne in Hawaii and it hadn't been sort of colonised by the rest of America. So he's the, he's left Hawaii, young David, and he's gone to New York and he's a paralegal and um, he falls for one of the lawyers at his firm. You know, so he's the older guy. Mm. So he's the Charles in this instance, I think, and there's the yes. David. And... Um, Back in Hawaii, his father, who would have been the heir to the throne, is quite the pathetic character. So you're in New York and there is the AIDS epidemic. It's got that backdrop going. And and even, you know, a lot of gay men around them are HIV positive. But the richer ones are managing it because the Mm. drugs are there. And there is a death coming, but it's not an AIDS death. And it's about how these men all sort of support one another through that it is also about the moneyed part of it and then back in hawaii um the movement to reinstate the monarchy that goes nowhere Mm. at all even though it it could have done but um but david's father also called david david the elder kawahia kiwa i think is their um hawaiian name uh, he's the most pathetic character. He just basically just lies down and yeah. sleeps and waits for things to be over. Mm. Um, and he's kind of had David accidentally, you know. Yes. And David's the one that's grown up and just left. And then by the end of that, I wanted to strangle David the Elder. And I haven't read part three yet, <laughs> which goes into the future. So I'm not entirely sure what's happening in the future, so I can't tell you much about that. But what's a massive undertaking... And I think there are central themes that wind through it, but a lot of the talk, there's a lot of sort of um, slight controversy, I think, about this author because she writes, she's a woman, but she quite often writes from the perspective of a gay man. Mm. And so there's the whole um, appropriation conversation there, which yes. goes up and down. Well, mm. And she says, I will write about anything I want to write about. Yes, good and she said that, and you could all bugger off. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So... It sounded complicated, mm. um, and I wonder when you get to the end of that third book, would you look back on that book and say, oh, yeah, I can just see how it weaves together. I mean, what you were saying to me sounded like the same story, but in different time zones. Um, so are you stitching it together and think, oh, yeah, I can see where it's going? 
Well, I can see where it's been. I haven't done that yet. That's the interesting part. I really quite like the Victorian part and the characters and, and the way that she explains the passion of this David. Mm. And, you know, when you find out why he's had these nervous episodes and stuff and you're like, oh, okay, this is quite a mm. complex sort of mental situation. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I did enjoy David the Younger from Hawaii mm. and his life in New York because it was very lavish you know his partner is very rich and they live in this gorgeous house and um, just around the corner from where the other house yes. would have been um, but yeah do you think it would have been better as a trilogy or rather than jammed into that John it's a good question book? really now I think she probably needed to do it like this because people are saying oh it's an epic on the scale of war and peace mm. and yes clearly so, it, yeah, is. it is <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know should a book be difficult should it be should you have to i think sometimes you should actually i'm answering my own question i think sometimes you should have a challenge and you yes, should have indeed. a mental challenge that but sometimes you just want to be entertained also yeah how long would it take you to read that well actually once i sat because i had a couple of days where i wasn't very well so i stayed yes, at home last week did. and i just sat on my backside mm. and read it so i think it's not the sort of book you can think oh just read a chapter before bed mm. you need to sit down yeah. in chunks of at least an hour is it a page turner um not in the same way as a very plot-driven novel would be. Mm. It's not plot-driven, it's person-driven, it's psychology-driven. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Does it encourage you to wait for her next book? Not personally. Mm. And I won't read A Little Life, oh. I think, yeah. yeah. So. What would you give it out of ten? It's a really difficult one. I don't think I can answer that question. I think, like you say, you know, once you've come to the end of the third one, which I probably will at some point go back and read, but I needed a break from that irritating yes. David. Um then you're just, you know, it's one that you're going to sit and chew over for a bit. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. All right, let's talk about Loop Tracks. Loop Tracks is much easier Great to talk cover. about. Isn't it? So what does it remind you of? It reminds me of that sort of spirograph, but it could be rubber bands just thrown on the table. It's but, meant yeah, to spirograph. remind you of a spirograph. Yeah. Absolutely it is, because the spirograph comes up in this in this book. So this is a New Zealand book, Sue Orr, and it's um, published by Victoria University Press, who have just change their name and next time i'll tell you what that is yes. uh and it's made the ockham long list so we have the ockham book awards in new zealand um it's our personal book awards and sue's made the the long list for that and so this is set mostly around wellington but our young girl charlie she grew up in auckland and when she was 15 she gets pregnant to a boy at a party you know around the bonfire mm. in the back of his red fiesta or whatever it is <laughs> And yes. so that happens, and she's so naive at that point that she's she's like, oh, I've got this bug, you know, and I don't feel yeah. great, and oh, I'm finally getting curves, that's good, bit late, but you know, and you, you're reading it and you just think, mm, Charlie. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie's mum's the first to notice, and because of when when it is, that's 1978, so her parents are devastated yeah. and ashamed, and they are they want her to get an abortion. So at the time that the clinic in Auckland had closed, there was no abortion clinic in Auckland. So girls and women were having to go over to um, Sydney. And of course, it was illegal to Mm. have an abortion unless you could say, well, I have, you know, this is going to affect my mental health, which of course it would. Um, We don't have that conversation anymore, fortunately, but very recently. So she sat on the plane ready to go to Sydney. And the plane is delayed and it's delayed and it's delayed. And there is an option at one point for them to, you know, if anyone would like to get off and rebook, we would totally understand that. And her 15, nearly 16 year old brain just goes, 
yeah, actually, I'm just going to go and find this boy and we can live ha- happily ever after. Yes. I'm sure he loves oh, me. Well, and so she gets off the flipping plane, doesn't she? And then years later, this is very quick. Mm. This is a very quick introduction. And then years later, we meet Charlie and she's a grandmother by this point, And she's brought up since he was four years old, her grandson, Tommy, who is on some autistic spectrum. Okay, he's a very, she's had to teach him how to read people's faces and they have to go through conversations so that he can understand them. But he's 18 and he's heading off to university. He's bright as anything. Um, all into maths, and then he's starting to get into politics later on. And then his father turns up, who has not been around for 12 years, mm. just sort of out of the blue, he comes back into their lives. And that is not a good thing, no. necessarily. And so that goes through Tommy's upbringing. It goes with what Charlie's been through and how lonely Charlie's become, really, Um, being quite isolated with Tommy and then the actual isolation of the COVID-19 lockdown and what the heck's going on with Jim, Mm. who is the son that she did have. Yeah. And where the hell he's been. depressing, doesn't it? It's not. Well, it it makes you really think about relationships between parents and children. And really, some very difficult questions, you know, when it's going through her mind at at times, Mm. and you'll understand why if you read the book, I should have stayed on that plane. Yeah even though she's got this amazing grandson, you know. So it's there are some difficult questions in there, but it's beautifully written. I thought it was going to have a bright, happy ending when you said she's going to get off the plane, she's going to go and look for the dad, and they're going to live happily ever after. That's what she wanted to happen. Yeah, and that didn't happen. No. And that's life, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, good book? It's fabulous. You'd rate it. And it's loop tracks. Yep. There are loops. The story loops... And then when Charlie's a kid, she loved the old spirographs. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely spot on with that. And Tommy brings out spirographs when he's describing um, arcs and patterns in things because that's what his brain does. Easy to follow or is it a yeah. backwards and forwards book? No, it's a little bit backwards and forwards, but completely easy to follow. She's a beautiful writer. She's a very down-to-earth observer of people. And um, because Charlie has had to interpret the world for Tommy, she's good at that. Mm. You know, and she can, you know, when Tommy gets this girlfriend, but she wants to go somewhere else for lockdown and she, and she, and she can see relief on this girl's face when she can leave. And, you know, there's, it's, there are some excellent insights in there. We've had this conversation before, but, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned that that book is uh, written about being in New Zealand, Wellington and Auckland, the places mm. that we all know. But I wonder would that have translated into better sales internationally um, if it was if she'd written about New York, London. Mm. You know, uh, does that work or not? Or is that, is that limit its potential, do you think, on on the big picture commercially it might do i don't see why people abroad wouldn't want to read mm. about wellington when I mean, we read about new york and san course, francisco yeah. all the time um i would imagine that that's not particularly sewell's concern i think she no. had a story and that it, it's a it's her creation it's her work of art and that's yeah. that's what it is and it's bloody good i mean i love reading books where you say oh yeah i know hastings and i know napier and but i yeah. wonder if you want to be part of you know do you have to leave the country? You know what I mean? That's really what I mean. Yeah. To be famous as a musician, do you have to go and play in New York or London or mm. can you do it from little old New Zealand? Yeah, it depends what you want. Yeah, depends I what your it does. intention is, doesn't well it, said. I suppose? Yeah. Well, good job you put me down on that one. That was good. I didn't mean to put you down <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, we have got a good one to end the story with, uh, the program with today, and it's called The Story of Swoop. It's another Kiwi one. I don't know if you can tell that from the bush in the background. So this is written by Matt Owens and illustrated by Emma Gustafsson. And this is a true animal rescue story. And it's about firefighter Matt. There he is. 
Look at that. Would your little grandee like he that? He would page? love that. Yes, he'd love that. Because you've got page. a person in a firefighter suit and a fire engine. And a fire engine, engine as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Matt's tootling along in the fire truck. I don't know if that part's actually true, but. And then he sees a little injured baby magpie. Oh, look at that. And he decides that that uh, baby needs rescuing and it's too young to fly. It hasn't got its flying feathers. And he scoops it up and he takes it home and he gives it mushed up cat food. Mm. And Swoop survives the night. And if you can just see outside the window. Oh, yes, that's uh, the old black cat looking at him for dinner. Yeah, sneaking around. But that's Matt's cat, and that cat is named Mowgli. And that's what uh, Matt is quite worried about, that Mowgli will be quite dangerous to swoop. But they actually, I'll find you a better picture, they they are introduced and they become the best of friends. Oh, look at that. They yeah. love that sort of thing. I do. Those unlikely friendships. There are books about that. Although he does look videos bit, on the internet. He looks a bit dead on the left-hand page. No, they're sleeping. <laughs> they're sleeping. Um, so, but they have this great relationship. He's got Dad, Matt, and he's got brother, or is she sister, Mowgli? And, um, but starts to wonder, you know, they go on little walks together and like, oh, well, that one looks a bit more like me the kingfisher or that Tui looks a bit like more like me and so swoop goes out and says am i like you to the kingfisher or like you're a bird like me but you look a bit more like the magpies and she's too shy she tries to go over and talk to the magpies but she's a bit shy she has a little play with the kids on the beach aren't they great drawings really good drawings and there's a story about that at the end actually how the drawings came about um Oh, look at the dolphins. I've yeah, noticed that. Dolphins, I was so yeah. absorbed in the words. I hadn't noticed the dolphins in the background there too. Um, and eventually she just figure out that... Oh, she's she's kind of like, oh, but I'm a magpie, but I want to stay here with Mowgli because they sleep on the end of the bed together, all curled up yeah, together with Firefighter Matt. Um, but she wonders if they are the real family, and yes, they are, and she gets this urge to leave with them, and so she does, but she does come back and visit um, every now and again with the family. And there's a real-life picture of Mowgli and Swoop. Look at that. To prove that it's true. How nice is that? And apparently, Swoop was visiting down the road, visiting this lady called Emma. Um, so Emma knew all about Swoop. Matt didn't know that Emma knew Swoop. But Emma's an illustrator. And so they teamed up to Voila. write the book. Because they are. know all about it. And isn't that just lovely? It is a lovely story, and it's got a happy ending. But uh, it couldn't have got a better name, Swoop, because my wife got swooped by a magpie once over and over again. It landed in her hair. Yeah. They're very polarising magpies. Farmers don't like them, do they? No. And I they're laughed. quite aggressive. Yeah. Did you laugh? Yeah, I laughed at it, yeah. How did that she go down? It's not very well. No. <laughs> yeah. If we want any of these books, where do we get them? Come to my shop, Wardini Books. Thank you very much. As always, my pleasure. Look after yourself. Talk to the same time, same place next time. Cool. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.